Good morning, everyone. Great to see you this morning. Hope you're having a great weekend and all that you're up to. For those who don't know me, my name's Nathan. Uh, I'm part of the leadership team here, and it's just great to be together. I, I love Sundays. Sundays are probably my favorite day, just because we come together as a whole church. And if you're a guest or visitor, you are so welcome. And uh, we hope that you feel really at home amongst us. Last week, we started a new series going through the book of Daniel uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, last week, we looked at Daniel 1 and Daniel and his friends uh, living God's culture when surrounded by a completely uh, different culture. And Sean did just a fantastic job of really setting the scene and just doing so much amazing background work uh, for us to work through the rest of this series. So thank you, Sean. Uh, You did brilliant. This morning I've entitled it Dreams. And uh, I wonder whether you have many dreams. I wonder wonder whether you remember uh, many dreams. I wonder whether you're a daydreamer. Maybe you're just dreaming throughout the day. One of my probably most awkward dreams was uh, when I went on a holiday with some friends. And uh, we went to Spain and I've grown up with brothers and so I was used to kind of sharing uh, beds where needed with my brothers. And so there was one double bed left and there was a lot of uh, single uh, people on the trip at the time. And so I said, well, I don't mind sharing. It's no no big deal for me. And so I shared with this other guy called Ben. And uh, we went to sleep and then suddenly... Like, during the middle of the night, it's, I like, saw this hole in the wall, and all these spiders coming out of the wall. I, thought, I was like, Ben, Ben, do you see all the spiders? He's like, what? I was like, see, see all the spiders coming out of the wall? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, and I just suddenly became aware of what was going on. I was like, oh no, it's dark, there is nothing here, I can't even see anything. It was, it was a strange dream, strange thing. A couple of years ago... A friend of mine sent me this message, in a, a Facebook message. He said, uh, I had a dream that you were in this week, which is a bit odd. I've not seen this guy for quite a long time. And he said, now forgive me and please, please weigh it up. And please tell me if it's wrong. But what was significant about your situation in the dream was the next 18 months. Seems like a long time. I don't know if it's the fact that in 18 months you're going to experience some serious change in your circumstances or if that's happening now and will continue for 18 months. I saw a new adventure with some travel and some utilizing of your experiences so far. I haven't got much more than that, but I'm praying that that's significant for you. I appreciate it's random, but I shared something else random recently and it's turned out to be really beneficial. So there you go. I also saw you wearing lots of different hats. Physically or metaphorically, I'm not sure. Take from that what you will. If nothing, no big. Be blessed anyway. Bye. That was 18 months and one day before I met Andrew and Emma. And uh, Jules and I sat down over a time with Andrew and Emma and something of our hearts kind of connected. And that started the journey of us moving to Alton. Dreams are amazing, aren't they? Absolutely absolutely amazing. And so we're going to read about this dream that happens in Daniel chapter 2. If you've got a Bible, do you want to turn to Daniel chapter 2? Brace yourselves. We're going to read the whole thing. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. 
His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will then interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Very nice. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes, deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. I love that verse. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, 
Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its bellies, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom One of bronze will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. We're almost there. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. 
He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remains at the royal court. We could finish there, can we? Hallelujah. Let's pray. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord God. We're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for these amazing stories where you reveal yourself. And Father, we're asking that you would reveal yourself to us today. Holy Spirit, come and reveal more of Jesus to us. Come and reveal your heart towards us. Come and change us. Lord, you know what each and every one of us needs from you today. And I pray that we would hear your voice. And block our ears, Lord God, today to hear your voice. Help us, Lord God. Strengthen us. We need you, Lord God. We're reliant on you. We want to grow in you. Every person in this room, Lord God, I pray, speak. Lord, not that they would hear my voice, but they would hear yours. Pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. An interesting thought for you. Nebuchadnezzar, what a great name. I always thought if we have a son one day, (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar could be the name. That could be a good name. We'll see whether that happens in a few months' time. This morning, as I, we look at this story, I've, I've put it into four sections. Here we go. We're going to put the four sections up, please, Roger. Neb's dream. We'll shorten it. Dan's response. God's revelation. And Dan's promotion. Let's start with Neb's dream then. Nebuchadnezzar, he's a fascinating character uh, in this story and in this book. Because of his, not just because of his excellent name. We know that his name's brilliant, but we're told that it's just the second year of his reign uh, in this chapter. And so as we saw last week in chapter one, within just the first year or two of him being king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar has been to Jerusalem, besieged it, and taken back with him uh, some of the young men from the royal family and of nobility. They were to be trained up uh, in the Babylonian ways and to learn language and culture and enter the service of the king. As part of that was Daniel and his three friends, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, given instead new names in their new country of uh, Daniel was given Belteshazzar, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so Nebuchadnezzar is clearly an ambitious and powerful man, quick to get into action and extend his Babylonian empire. His empire was very important to him. And yet we see something in Nebuchadnezzar which is quite interesting. Despite all of his power, despite his great start to building this empire, to being a king, quick accomplishments taken over other nations, taken of their best young men, he has great insecurities. You would have thought that he'd be full of self-confidence. Not a worry in the world, feeling maybe even untouchable. Everything seems to be going for him, living in a land that provides beautiful food and drink, a land of wealth, as we saw in Daniel 1 last week. And yet here is a man 
who has had a dream. And so clearly his insecurities come shining through. You, could, you see, he could have easily just passed the dream off and gone, oh, well, it was just a dream. Never mind. Carry on with life. No need to worry. But it got a hold of him. There was something in there where he just went, I, I know there's some truth in this dream which I need to understand. We're told that his mind was troubled and he could not sleep. He was worried in turmoil. There was just something about this dream that bugged him. That he could not let go of. And so he sends for the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, the astrologers. He sends for everyone and anyone. Uh, such is his troubled mind. He's just longing. He's looking for answers. Nebuchadnezzar, though, is a man of really mixed and extreme emotions. We see that at the end of the story where Daniel is suddenly rewarded with many lavished gifts upon him. He's made a ruler of the entire province of Babylon, near to death, to ruling and authority. It's quite a change. And we see his extreme emotions and actions to begin with, too. He doesn't just want to know the meaning of the dream. He wants people to tell him what's happened in the first place. What was the dream, without them even knowing. To know his mind. And if not, he's going to kill them all. He was so troubled in his mind, so disturbed by his dream, that he turned to the impossible, turned to the supernatural as a last resort. I wonder if you have friends, neighbors, colleagues, family members who are troubled, just at their wit's end, who are looking for something in the supernatural, looking to God for their last resort. Perhaps even this morning, you're sitting here this morning and feeling, I'm just feeling desperate. I need something. I need an answer. I need to know what, what's going on in my life. What does this all mean? It may not be a dream that you've had. It may just be your circumstances. Whether it's a friend that you know or whether it's you yourself, God wants you to know that he knows. He knows. He knows you. He knows what's going on. He's not far off, but... Perhaps, in fact, he's using this very moment to draw you near to him. To draw your friends closer to him. To find strength in him. Friends, people all around us are looking for answers. Answers to their questions. They're desperate and are troubled in their minds. Perhaps as God placed Daniel in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, perhaps he's placed you right in the lives of those around you. That you'd reveal something of God. Perhaps the reason you're sitting here this morning is because God's brought you here to send you a Daniel in your life. Neb's dream. Secondly, Dan's response. Turn to the person next to you and say, Dan's response. It's quite an interesting story as clearly Nebuchadnezzar has sent for all the most important people uh, that could be found to try and tell him his dream and interpret it. But Daniel and his friends must have still been in class or something. They weren't kind of there. They weren't around. They were still learning their way. And then they suddenly get told about the king about to kill all the wise men. Daniel's response is incredible. He's living in a foreign land, living in a culture that doesn't recognize his God. Does it sound familiar? A culture that doesn't recognize our God. And he believes that this could be a moment 
Today could be a moment where God wants to speak in this empire of Babylon. The seeming bigness of the culture around him did not compare with the culture God had put in his heart to create. He believes that God wants to speak, even to a king that doesn't believe in him or recognize Daniel's God. He believes that God can use him, a captive in a foreign land. And so he gets to speak to the king and is given time to interpret the dream. What happens next is one of my favorite parts of the story. You can imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are back in their home, and they're just kind of chilling and enjoying time with each other. And then Daniel comes in, and he's like, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. It's very exciting. I've got a great job for us. And uh, I've told the king that we're going to not only interpret his dream, but we're going to tell him what dream he had. Like, Come on, boys. This is good, isn't it? This is great. Good, good. What? And if we don't do it... We get killed. Oh, this is great, isn't it? What a great job for us. It's like, oh my goodness, what have you let us in for, Daniel? You can imagine what you'd be thinking or saying to Daniel at that time. It's just like, ah, really? Really, Daniel? Daniel's response is excellent and serves as a great reminder, a great example of seeking after God's voice in our life, seeking after the prophetic. Seeking God and saying, speak to us, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. I want to hear you. What does Daniel do? Here's some practical things that Daniel does in seeking the voice of God and weighing the voice of God. First, he gathers team. I love how he gathers team around him. He gets his friends around him and says, come on. We need to seek God together. God could speak through any one of them. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God could speak through you? It's not just a a special few. God can speak through any one of us. I believe that. Secondly, he prays. They seek God together. They plead for mercy. They look to God. What do we do when we receive prophetic words? When God speaks into our lives, we seek him. We don't just accept it and say, great. And we seek him. We pray. We draw nearer and closer to him. We ask God to reveal himself and reveal his ways. We look to God. We're looking to hear from him. We don't want to get caught up just with our own agenda. We want to hear from the living God. Thirdly, he praises God. I love how Daniel makes God the center of the story. I wonder if we can say that this morning ourselves. I don't know if I can. But do I make God the center of the story? Do we make God the center of our stories, the center of each day? Do our days become about how we played a part in God's story today? So often we make the day about ourselves rather than God. Daniel makes God the center. So often we can hear a prophetic word, uh, someone bringing some, some encouragement of what God wants to speak to us, and we can so quickly move on to, well, what does it mean we have to do? What do we have to do? Rather than just praising God. We just heard the voice of God speaking to us. God's just wanting to show his, something of his heart. Daniel praises God. Prophecy is all about God. It's about what he's doing. It's about aligning ourselves with his plans and purposes. Fourthly, he boldly obeys no matter what the cost. Let's be honest. Nebuchadnezzar might not have liked the interpretation of the dream. Their lives could have ended right there at that moment. 
They could have just shared the dream and said, oh, I don't know the interpretation, though. Let's just, but I've, I've, I've told you the dream. But Daniel hears from God and obeys, no matter what the cost. Gathers team, prays, praises God, and boldly obeys, no matter what the cost. What a response from Daniel. What an example for us in how to seek God, how to seek his voice, how to seek God for the prophetic but then obey him. I love his outburst of praise in uh, verse 20. Let's see, I've got it here somewhere. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. God reveals deep and hidden things. Our lives are in his hands. That's the little tagline at the bottom of this series. Our lives in his hands. Hallelujah. It's his great story. We get to be a part of it. He reveals to us deep and hidden things about him, about this life and about the life after death. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. He knows what's to come, and he wants to point us in the right direction. He's the truth. He knows what is right and what is wrong. He knows what is true. He's the life. He's the only one in which we find deep contentment. The only one in which we find everlasting joy and eternal life. Let me urge you and urge us this morning. Let's respond like Daniel. With expectation that God wants to bless us. That God wants to speak. That he wants to use us. Each one of us. Each day this week. Thirdly then. God's revelation. Turn to the person on the other side and say God's revelation. Feel a bit of murmuring in there. Turn the other side and say, God's revelation. Come on. So we get to this dream that Nebuchadnezzar has had. And in the dream, he saw a statue. Can we put up the statue, Roger? Brilliant. Thank you very much. The head, I know it's quite small, is made of gold. Chest and arms are silver. Belly and thighs, bronze. Legs, iron and feet, iron and clay. And then this rock, not of human hands, smashed the statue at the feet and caused everything to smash. And the wind swept it all away without leaving a trace. But the rock grew and filled the whole earth. And as we read about the dream and interpretation, the questions that come up, at least for me, are, well, what did it mean for Nebuchadnezzar right there as he heard about this dream? And secondly, what does it mean for us today? Well, the important thing to note which Daniel says is that the head of gold represents Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire. And so for Nebuchadnezzar, he was being told that other kingdoms will come and all of them, including his own, will rise and will fall. But one kingdom is coming that is from God and that will not only last forever, but will fill the whole earth. The dream caused Nebuchadnezzar to fall before Daniel. Such was his amazement at the accuracy of dream and interpretation 
But it also caused him to wonder at the God that Daniel served. He was made aware that, this, that his kingdom was only temporary. That even his accomplishments in taking over different nations would not last. Because Babylon itself would be taken over by others. And they in turn would be taken over. And ultimately God was going to set up a kingdom that would reign and fill the earth forevermore. And so the question is, what does it mean for us today? Well, there are a number of different thoughts uh, as you read about this prophetic words, this prophetic dream in, uh, with different theologians uh, saying different things. The one up on the screen right now is probably the best, in my opinion, thought of where it is, the simplest of uh, what it means that the goal was Babylon, Babylon, silver, Persia, brass, Greece, iron, and clay, Rome, and Rome too. But the reality is that that's not what the dream is all about. We can get caught up thinking, well, what, which empire was what? Do we read the end of the story? The rock comes and grows into a mountain and takes over all these, all these other empires. They rise and they fall. God's kingdom rises and rises and rises and rises and rises. Friends, that kingdom started in Jesus. He is the one that this dream speaks of. He is the one who was prophesied to come. He's the one whose kingdom is growing and growing and growing. People are becoming Christians all over the world, everywhere today. Every day. The nations are being reached with the good news of the kingdom of God. There is a God in power and in authority. That there is a God who is here to save people. He's in the business of saving people and enlarging his kingdom of love and mercy. Friends, Daniel brings to Nebuchadnezzar the revelation that God is in control. Nebuchadnezzar might have been thinking that I'm in control. I've got things sorted. I've taken over this nation. I'm I'm about to take over that nation. I've got it sorted. God's like, no, I, I rule the nations. I created the nations. I'm Lord of the nations. God is on the throne of eternity. And he wants to be on the throne of our hearts. We heard earlier, Olaf prayed out a great prayer. I think it was something like, I think you used the phrase, Lord, be king of our hearts. God wants to be king of our hearts. He wants to rule on the throne of our hearts. His kingdom is growing, it will fill the earth, and there's no stopping it. He won't share the throne of our hearts with anything else, anyone else. No money, no status, no thing. He won't share it because he's the Lord, he's the king. He's the one whose kingdom is growing and growing and growing. He's after the whole of our hearts. Where is God wanting to come and extend his kingdom through your life? Just think for a moment. Think of the people that you're surrounded by in your life this week. People that you work with, the people next door. Where is God wanting to extend his kingdom in our lives this week? Where is God wanting to extend his kingdom in your life? Where's he wanting to have more of you? More of me? What's he wanting to do with us this week? Fourthly, Dan's promotion. And so as Daniel reveals the dream to Nebuchadnezzar and then interprets it as well, Daniel puts God at the center again. He says in verse 37 that the God of heaven has given Nebuchadnezzar his power as king. 
The very reason that Daniel was in captivity in Babylon wasn't because Nebuchadnezzar was more powerful than God. No, it was because God allowed it. God was willing to let it happen. That he would bring his overarching plan and would see his great kingdom advance. Friends, kings and queens, prime ministers and presidents, they'll rise and fall. Nations will rise and fall. But the God of heaven reigns forevermore. Daniel gets his mindset right. Honor the king of kings first, but then bring honor to the authority in front of him right there and then. As Daniel shares the dream and interpretation, God honors his boldness, his faithfulness, and his faith. Nebuchadnezzar then promotes Daniel to uh, be ruler of the entire province of Babylon and in charge of all of the wise men there. Daniel then in turn honors his friends who have been with him through that whole journey. He remembers those who have been with him and and speaks on their behalf and uh, puts them in places of authority as well. God says in 1 Samuel 2, For I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be disdained. Jesus said in Matthew 10, It says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Friends, Daniel's name may have been changed by the Babylonians to Belteshazzar. But the God he served had not changed. Just because his name had changed. Just because suddenly this this culture put a new identity over him. His God hadn't changed. He knew who he was. He knew his identity rested in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He didn't look for personal gain or praise, but points to the King of Kings, to God. In turn, he is honored and given even more responsibility to honor God and tell others of him. Friends, we live in this town and the villages around us, and we have an opportunity to honor God. We have an opportunity to draw people to him. God wants to use us to lift his name up. He wants to use us that we would come and bring something of the kingdom of God wherever we go. Just want to pray and then uh, we're going to have a moment of response. Father, we thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that you're wanting to do amazing things amongst us. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called us to know you. And you've called us to make your name known in the lives of those around us. Lord, in this town, in Alton, Lord, we believe that you've brought us here at this exact moment. Come and stir us, Lord. Come and stir us, Holy Spirit. Give us boldness for the work that you've called us to. As I was preparing, as I was reading through this passage, this passage just kept reminding me of this, these verses in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross 
is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Let me read that verse again. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. As I was preparing, I was reminded of this verse. I'm reminded of Jesus. And as Jesus was nailed to the cross, the Romans and the Jews thought they were so wise. They thought they'd done exactly what needed to be done. And it looked like God was foolish in it. It looked like God messed up. Oh, what, what? Jesus, what, what have you done? You weren't supposed to die, were you? But the foolishness of God is wiser than all the wisdom of mankind. The cross seemed foolish. The cross seemed like it was just, what was going on? That just doesn't, that doesn't seem to make sense. That's, but God worked it out for great good. Friends, in this story, we see just the wise men of Babylon. We see all these sorcerers and magicians coming They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue what this dream is about. God uses Daniel to bring through, to bring through his wisdom. He wants to use us in people's lives around us. He wants to use us to come and speak wisdom and truth and life. That what what might look foolish to others actually is God's wisdom in amazing ways. Can I just have my last sheet? Thank you just want to help us respond maybe you're here this morning and uh, and you don't yet know God but you hear this story of of Daniel how he revealed God to Nebuchadnezzar and go I'd like that I'd like God to reveal himself to me I'd like God to show me I'd like to put my trust in this God who saves who rescues who shows mercy there's an opportunity for you to be prayed for, and an opportunity just to talk that through, to help you on your journey of knowing God. Secondly, if you're here this morning and you're feeling troubled in any way, Nebuchadnezzar was troubled in his mind. He couldn't sleep. Maybe you're here this morning and you just have sleepless night after sleepless night right now, that you're going through something and just, I just feel troubled. God wants to draw near to you this morning. He wants to come and bring his grace. He wants to come and bring his presence that you would know peace that you would know answers to your troubles. Thirdly, maybe you're here this morning, you just, you just want to know more of God. You say, I just want to grow in God. I just want more of him. I want to, I want to be used by God to bring prophecies and interpretations of prophecies. If that's you, we want to pray for you as well. And fourthly, if you just want to live like Daniel and honor God in your actions, 
in your obedience. And if you want boldness and courage to share the gospel, we want to pray for you as well. You might be thinking, that's quite a few people to pray for. That's okay. God wants to speak and he wants to bless us this morning. If any of that applies to you, would you just stick your hand up where you are? And you say, yeah, I just like that. It doesn't matter which one it is. That's great. I'm going to ask you, you can put your hand down. I'm going to ask you if you're willing to stand. If you, if you feel, no, no, actually, I'd, I'd rather not, then that's fine. But I'd like you to stand. I'd like, and then I'd like us just to get around these people who are standing. It might be that it takes us a little while. And that's okay. We've got time. It's fine. But if you put your hand up, would you be willing to stand as well? We just want to pray for you. If you're around someone who's standing up, we just lay a hand on them or you pray for them. It means that we might have to move. It might, it might mean that things get a little bit messy. That's okay. We can deal with mess. And if you've not got someone with you, we'll just stick your hand up and we'll just make sure that someone comes to you. still a few people who haven't got someone praying with them. Church, can I ask you to be bold? You've got something to bring this morning. I believe it. I believe you've got something to bring. Has anyone not got someone with them? Let me pray. Father God, we welcome you. We welcome you in this place. Spirit of God, come and speak to us. Lord, you know where hearts are troubled. Lord God, we pray, come and bring your peace. Pray over my brothers and sisters here in this place. Bring peace to them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those who are searching for you, Lord God. Those who are maybe just, I just want to trust you this morning. Lord, I pray for boldness to trust you. I pray for those, Lord God, who want to step out in prophecy and step out in interpreting dreams and uh, step out in the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray your anointing of your Spirit upon them, Lord God. I pray come and bless them. Come and bless them, Lord God. Come and use them that the body, that the church might be built up and encouraged. I pray, Lord God, for those who are looking for boldness and uh, to honor you, Lord God, and to share you with others in their lives, Lord God. I pray, come and give them courage and boldness. Come and anoint them with your spirit, Lord God. We look to you this morning, Lord God. Lord, we look to you like Daniel did, and we say, Lord, have mercy on us. Move in us, Lord God. Come and do what you want to do amongst us as your people, Lord God. I pray over those who have stood and those who are still sitting. Lord, I pray over each and every one of us. Grow us. Grow us, take us further than you ever, than we ever dreamt we could go in you, Lord God. Grow us in you, we pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's sing a song. We're going to sing a song. If you want to still pray for the person you're praying with, you go for it. Christine's going to come and lead us. And we're going to sing a song declaring our trust in God and our faith is in God. And then we're going to finish with teas and coffees and an opportunity to catch up with each other.